It's Friday, June 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians uh, salvaged a win in the final game of the series uh, at San Diego uh, last night. Uh, 8-6 was the final, and, uh, you know, they 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 looked good early. Uh, Logan Allen uh, struggled a little bit uh, after getting a big lead in the first inning, but uh, they kept it together, uh, added on a few runs, and then the bullpen shut things down uh, from there. And it, uh, you know, it was all around a, a pretty nice win. They they out hit the the um, the Padres, and uh, you know the the offense looks like it's starting to come around a little bit. Uh, just what'd you see out of Cleveland uh, in that uh, you know win as they they headed out from San Diego? Well, uh, Joe, we saw we saw David Fry make his. Uh... His big league debut uh, at catcher. He's you know he's been up he's been up since May first, but this was his first start at catcher and like he took over the game. He was he was the story of the game. He hits a three run homer in the first inning. Uh, he makes a couple really good plays behind the plate. Uh, almost hits a home run number two in the eighth inning. You know off the top of the center field fence. And comes around and scores the uh, an insurance run on a single by Jimenez. And uh, throws out he throws out Juan Soto at third base in the sixth inning. He, he, Soto was originally uh, ruled safe, but the Guardians challenged and he was he was he was called out. And he made a really nice play. Him and Eli Morgan combined on a really nice play on a bomb play in the fifth inning when uh, Nelson Cruz tried to score from third <laughs> for after the game, Francona said uh, Nelly Cruz must've thought he was 18 again, instead of 42. <laughs> and Cause he went head first. He slid head first into, into the plate, but Morgan made a, you know, nice play on the bunt by, uh, by uh, Nola and uh, flipped it out of his glove to, uh, to fry and he made the tag like he like he was Johnny Bench. He he really looked comfortable comfortable behind the plate. Yeah, it's a it's a nice opportunity for uh, you know the the catcher's room in the in the Guardians clubhouse to sort of puff out their chest for a night after really taking it on the chin pretty much all season long. Uh, not a lot to to really brag about, but this was a, a performance all around from David Fry. Uh, and, and you said he, he uh, as you wrote, he, he found out what, um, you know, that Wednesday uh, before he left the ballpark that he'd be catching Thursday uh, when he got there. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, nice for him to just walk in the, the clubhouse and see his name on the uh, the lineup card and and know that that he'd be the guy uh, from the jump. Uh, and it, it paid off in that first inning when. Uh, you know, after he after he practically throws his bat into the stands, he uh, huh. he comes back and and hits the next pitch out for a home run. Yeah, it was it was off uh, Ryan Weathers, whose dad, you know, uh, David mm-hmm. Weathers. David pitched, Weathers, yeah, yeah, David pitched uh, I think in the late '90s for Cleveland. Uh, came off a 98 mile an hour fastball, and like you said, the, the first pitch he saw as the starting catcher, he lost the bat and almost uh, hit Manny Machado at third base. <laughs> The next pitch he hit out, and uh, it was uh, kind of a storybook game for him after that swing. Uh, with that, you know, it raises a few questions. Uh, you know, why wasn't Cam Gallagher in the lineup? Uh, it was, it was, you know, thought that that he would be around, but uh, he found out that Gallagher uh, is maybe being uh, just watched a little more closely because of uh, a foul tip that he took to the face mask on Tuesday. 
Yeah, uh, you know, Francona said he's okay, but he, uh, but that was one of the reasons uh, uh, Cam didn't start last night. He, uh, Francona said we've got to watch him a little bit, just pay attention to that. Uh, they didn't go with Zanino because, uh, in in Francona's wa- words, uh, Z has had a tough week, and uh, so they he just he he felt that uh, you know. Um, uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday's game, th- Thursday's situation was the right one to, uh, to, uh, start, uh, Fry in. And, uh, you know, he pushed the right button there because Fry certainly looked, uh, looked, uh, like he'd been behind the plate for a, a lot longer than he has been, Joe. I mean, this is a guy that I think he's played before last night. He's played parts of 10 games as a, as a catcher, you know, since being called up. But he had, he really didn't catch it at Triple A. You know mm-hmm. where he started the season at, and he caught a little bit last season at Columbus after they uh, the Guardians acquired him from Milwaukee. Does does Fry showing flashes here that he can he can maybe handle things? I mean, he's obviously uh, really familiar uh, with the the relievers that he he caught uh, in the game because he's closed out so many games. He's been added in as a defensive replacement. Uh, in games after pinch hitters have come up, uh, you know, in, in, in other situations in his previous 10 outings. But does that give maybe uh, a different wrinkle or, a, you know, make them think differently about Fry and his position uh, as we draw closer, as we ever draw ever closer to uh, the eventual promotion of Bo Naylor? You know, does that maybe throw a monkey wrench in things? Could could they let uh, both Zanino and uh, Gallagher go and and stay with Fry? I I I really don't think that's a scenario they want to think about having two rookies, uh, you know, handling their entire pitching staff. No, I don't see that happening, Joe. But I do think you know the game is afoot, so to speak, to steal a, a Sherlock Holmes <laughs> phrase. <laughs> I think something is going on with with the catching. I mean, you know, I. I don't know if it'll happen, uh, you know, when, when they get off this Western swing, uh, they come home, they have an off day Monday, then uh, Oakland comes to town. I think something is, uh, you know, something is in the works here that they're going to make a move at catcher. Come on, Hoinsey, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, you know, just go ahead and say it. Bo Naylor is going to be in the starting lineup on Tuesday against Oakland. Just just come on. Say it with your chest. Put it out there. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll speak it into existence for all of the uh, the, the folks on Twitter and in our, our subtext group who uh, who we have just been constantly texting back and forth. Uh, here, here, let me let me do my commercial for subtext right now. We talk with our subtext uh, subscribers about Bo Naylor on a, on a daily basis, going back and forth with uh, with little jabs here and there. And, you know, when, as soon as we find out something, as soon as we can read in the tea leaves that the uh, that the the trip from Columbus to Cleveland is being made by Bo Naylor, we'll we'll let the subtext subscribers know. So you, you, you best get in, uh, in on the ground floor with that. Two one six two zero eight. 4346 or log on to cleveland.com slash subtext and subscribe for $3.99 a month and you'll get uh, immediate information about Bo Naylor when he is promoted uh, from Hoynes and myself uh, and and we'll have a little fun with you there too because uh, as as much as you guys are are, are anguishing over uh, you know Bo Naylor uh, sort of still being in AAA uh, we're we're excited about it and, and ready for him to come up too and uh, to see what he can he can produce. So uh, that's talking about one nailer. Let's talk about the other nailer, uh, the the other nailer who's only got 50 RBIs and a 13 game hitting streak, uh, 13 or 14 game. I've lost track. It's 14 now. I mean, it's 
you look up and all of a sudden he's got, you know, two hits in a game and it's, it's, it's become commonplace. Uh, Josh Naylor is tearing it up. Uh, you know, he's building more, uh, sort of all-star vibe and all-star buzz. Uh, it, it's getting hard to ignore. Uh, and, and, and if, if the, if the all-star game were tomorrow, he would be in Seattle, I would think. Yeah. He's, he's just in a really a, a good groove right now, Joe. He got, you know, the, uh, in, in, the, it was, he, uh, the first inning Thursday night was a perfect example. Um, you know, Jimenez, Rosario, and Ramirez opened the game with uh, singles to to uh, load the bases. And how many times in April did we see situations like this created and uh, it, the Guardians came away with nothing? But last night, with the bases loaded, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bell struck out, but Naylor came up to the plate. And just uh, calmly dumped a single into center field, scored two runs, took the pressure off, and then you know a couple batters later, uh, Fry followed with the home run. But you know he has been—he's just uh, been on fire. He just looks like a hitter when he when he comes up to the plate now. He's not over swinging. He just—you uh, know—50 RBIs is is pretty impressive. Yeah, 50 RBIs, and you know where does that put him on pace in terms of? any sort of club records or anything like that as, as he, you know, looks ahead to the rest of the season. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, Joe, this is a guy that drove in 79 runs last year for the whole season. He's at 50 already. So I was, I was trying to think back, you know, in my memory, um, just, uh, you know, what, what kind of season, who, who else had this kind of season? And I looked at, you know, 19, I looked up, uh, Manny Ramirez's stat. Cause I remember the one year, 1990, 1999, he, he ended the year with 165 RBIs. And I just wanted to check what, where Manny was at the all-star break that year and take a guess where he was wise. Uh, I mean I already know the answer because you told it to me before we started recording so I'm gonna guess it's more than 50 yeah it's more than 50 it's 96 RBIs at the all-star break think about that that's a season for, yeah. for like 90 percent of the season play. for a lot of guys yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and so he ends up with 165 RBIs so Josh has a way to go I mean, he has, there's 22 games left before the break. So he would really have to, uh, get on, you know, get, a, get even hotter than he is right now to, uh, come close to Manny's, uh, Manny's, uh, you know, 1999 totals, but he is really in a groove. It's fun to watch him. And I just like the fact that he's, you know, he's hitting the ball to, 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 to the middle of the diamond. He's not swinging so hard. And he's just, every time he comes up, you think he's going to get a hit. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's looking very kind. And, and here's the ironic thing to me, uh, Josh Naylor. If if you followed and you know anything about this guy, he's the consummate teammate. He's the you know the energy guy, but he's also the guy who always talks about other players in the clubhouse first, and how he's just part of the the he's one cog in the machine, and you know handing it off to to his teammates and and sort of always willing to give credit to everybody else. This is a time when when he needs to really sort of embrace the fact that that people are talking about him and the job that he's done so far this year, because I don't think he gives himself enough credit half the time uh, for, for what he has been able to do this year. Uh, he's, he's really put together uh, an outstanding first half of the season so far. And, uh, you know, I, I say as, as he gets healthier and stronger and, and stays out there, he's, he's going to be, uh, you know, an important piece for this club. I just think, uh, 
we can say it enough times, uh, you know, he deserves to be in the all-star game, but I think until he, he gets there in Seattle and, and sort of looks around, I don't think he's going to believe it himself or at least, you know, say it to anybody because interviewing him to get, to get him to try and talk about himself is one of the most frustrating things in, in, in covering this team because he's, he's just unwilling to to accept any sort of praise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like, I just like the way he's played, you know, not only offense, Joe, but I think he's played really well mm-hmm. at first base. He moves, he's such a big guy that, you know, there's a, there are times when you don't think he moves real well, but he's really, he's agile around the bag. And he told me once that, you know, he grew up playing first base. He's played more first base than any other position. And he feels real comfortable there. And he looks like it this year. I mean, he's digging balls out of the dirt. You know, he's, he's making plays. So, you know, I think uh, the the infielders have a lot of confidence in him. You know, if they make a bad throw or an offline throw, he's going to turn it into an out. Yeah, it's uh, first base is all about footwork. And you could tell he's got that. uh, You could tell he was a skater. You could tell he played hockey. uh, He's he's got the uh, the footwork down in in that regard. So uh, fun to watch him play there. Uh, Another guy uh, in the lineup, maybe another guy that uh, you can consider uh, a long shot as a, 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 a a fill-in or a, you know, named late to an all-star game, maybe Stephen Kwan, uh, as he continues to to improve. He actually got the day off for the first time, at least most of the day off uh, for the first time. Wasn't in the starting lineup, wasn't batting first uh, in Terry Francona's batting order. That went to Andres Jimenez. Uh, he did eventually become a, a, a late-game defensive uh, substitute, but, uh, you know, Kwan, day in and day out, he's uh, you've you've come to just take for granted uh, the fact that he's, you know, posting up and being in there in that lineup every day. Yeah, and a big part of the lineup, and uh, like uh, Francona said, it was tough. It's tough to take him out of the lineup because not only is he a good leadoff hitter, but he's a Gold Glove left fielder. You know, he brings speed to the lineup. But you know, I think he was dragging a little bit. Joe, he's hitting like two eleven in June. He needed a day off. That was he had played. He had appeared in all sixty seven games. Uh, of of Cleveland's games up until last night, you know, either as a starter or, or coming in late as de- as defense, uh, as a defensive replacement. So, you know, he needed the day, and we'll see how that uh, revives him uh, tonight because you know it, it's smoking here, Joe. I know they have a roof at Chase Field, <laughs> but it's like it's like a hundred degrees here right now. Yeah, uh, you know, take cover and uh, SPF, Hoinsey. Make sure uh, make sure you stay out of the sun. Uh, We'll we'll talk here in in a bit about uh, tonight's matchup. Uh, I just wanted to get a, get a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, Cal Quantrill update. Uh, I, I believe he uh, he was out there uh, continuing to rehab from his sh- uh, sore shoulder. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, first, the first second day out here in in uh, San Diego, he threw a 25 pitch bullpen. Said he he told me it was the best bullpen he's thrown in 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 quite a long time. No pain. He threw all his pitches, which is kind of rare, Joe, for a guy coming back, you know, on the IL. You know, usually they start out throwing all fastballs and then change ups and mix in all their breaking pitches. But he said he threw everything. He's going to throw again Saturday at Chase Field. 
Uh, he, he says he's, he's, his, uh, his motivation is not, is that he doesn't want to make a, uh, a rehab start, but he said, uh, he even told me, he said, uh, that's going to be hard to convince these guys not to be able to, for me not to make a, a rehab start. So I think he's, he's probably kind of, you know, uh, he's going to have to make one or two, whatever it takes, but he seems to, you know, be in a much better spot. I think I think he you know he he felt he may have waited a little too long to uh, tell Francona and the, and the medical staff that you know he he needed a break that there was, the pain was was starting to affect uh, affect him affect his work between starts mostly so he's back on the right track and we'll see uh, where this leads Joe. Well, I can tell Cal that uh, you know Columbus is lovely this time of year uh, from firsthand knowledge right now. I, I just think. Uh, you know, maybe a, a start or two with the Clippers or maybe a start or two in, in Akron uh, would, would do him some good and, and get him right on the on the right path. So uh, we'll hope we'll hopefully see that uh, in the in the days and weeks to come. Uh, and two and a half out after Minnesota lost uh, last night. So uh, is it is it looking up at Minnesota or is it trying to get to 500 first? Because that's, that's where this, this team is right now. They need to get back to that 500 mark first before they start thinking about, you know, running down the, uh, the twins in the AL central. Yeah. You're not going to do anything unless you, unless you first get to 500, Joe. I mean, that's, you got to get to break even and then, you know, take aim at, uh, at the first, at first place. Uh, right now they're uh, 32 and 36, two and a half out. They've won six of their last 10, uh, the Twins have lost, you know, six of their last ten, uh, but they're 35 and 34. So, uh, you know, it's it's not a big gap, but uh, you know, they have to take care of their own business, the Guardians, right now, and, and that is to get your nose above break even and then go from there. So they're in uh, Arizona tonight to take on the, uh, I, I guess it's fair to say, surprising Diamondbacks, uh, a, a team that. Uh, right now is in first place in the NL West at 41 and 28, uh, led by Corbin Carroll, uh, hitting 306 uh, with 51 runs scored and and 14 home runs. Uh, this is a team full of young, fast uh, guys that that hit the ball hard. And Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte and Christian Walker, uh, these guys are a handful. And uh, it, it's uh, it, it, Tristan McKenzie after coming off of a, a start where he got knocked around by uh, Houston is going to, you know, really have to to sort of be sharp tonight. Yeah, Joe, I think. Did you pick uh, Carroll as your, your NL Rookie of the Year candidate? In- uh, no, it's it was Zach Gallon. I picked as my uh, my NL Cy Young winner. Oh, so, OK. You know, yeah. but, and he's you having think, a great year, too. Seven and two, three point oh nine with ninety three strikeouts. Uh, and and this guy throws a, a pitch that I don't think a lot of these uh, these hitters have seen. He throws a, a cut change. Uh, he changes speeds with a cut fastball. It has movement and it's uh, it messes with your timing. I, I saw him uh, early on. I think it was April. Uh, he threw it. He threw one to uh, Vinny Pasquatino from uh, Kansas City, and Pasquatino just just about lost his mind at the plate. Uh, there was just nothing he could do. It, it freaked him out. Um, so Gallon has all the pitches. Plus, you know, he's he's got some of that Will Brennan mojo going. He killed a bird earlier this year with a warm-up pitch in <laughs> Oakland. So uh, you know, his his season has really taken off since then. Uh I guess that's the the holy grail right now is kill a bird and uh and you know you, you'll feast at the plate or uh, on the mound. So uh yeah, that's what they're up against. And and Gallon is is probably one of the best in the NL right now. 
Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Tori Lavulo, former Cleveland Indian, former Cleveland coach, longtime minor league coach, uh, you know, is, is, is the manager of that club. He just got an extension. Uh, he's doing a great job after, you know, really struggling there for a few years. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they're the team to beat in the AL West right now, on the NL West right now, and that's a that's a shock with uh, you know teams like the Dodgers and the Padres in that in that loaded division. Who's your favorite? You know, after you know forty years on the beat, who's your favorite former uh, Cleveland player turned manager that you got to sort of interact with or, or see or, or talk to either at the at the managers meetings out uh, during the winter or. Uh, even during the season, uh, you know, Buddy Black, uh, Tori Lavulo, any 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 of those guys? Yeah, but I'd have to say, uh, you know, Buddy Black probably. Buddy Black, <laughs> you know, was is is a good dude. You know, just really always, you know, he's kind of that that uh, dry sense of humor. Just uh, you know, John Farrell was another guy I love. Uh, you know, when he when he went to Boston and uh, you know took him to the World Series. You know, I talked to him, Charlie Manuel. You know, it was great in Philly when uh, when they won the World Series. So yeah, those those are three of my favorites right there. I I remember uh, the night that um, uh, the uh, Ryan Feltner, the the pitcher from Colorado, uh, you know, he was from Walsh Jesuit and he pitched. Uh, he had a really good game uh, against the Guardians. And uh, you know, I went over to the clubhouse and I, I sat in on uh, Bud Black's post game. And and he was just fantastic talking to the media and just such you could tell uh, the not just that the reporters were doing their job and, and you know, respected him that way. But like they got along with him and they were just like, you know, buddy, like friends with him almost not not necessarily friends, but just like a really good relationship with him. So uh, I could I could see why you would say Buddy Black just from, uh, uh, you know, that interaction. And, uh, you know, maybe hey, go over, knock on Tori Lavulo's door and see uh, see how he is. I mean, see if he remembers you when you covered him from uh, yeah, those, he, those days. I'm back sure then. he remembers me. I don't, maybe maybe not. I don't Hoy, know, but he was Hoinsie, up and down a lot. Hoinsie tends to leave an impression on the guys that he covers. So come on, it, it can't be uh, can't be that bad. All right, Hoinsie, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week and for uh, today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back. Uh, it's an off day on Monday. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have one for you then, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look to to open up a homestand against the uh, the A's on Tuesday. Good deal, Joe.